This morning, I have the privilege of launching uh, what we're going to do as a three-part message series called Arise Global. Arise Global, um, and uh, I've got the privilege of launching this, but bigger, much bigger than this, actually what we're doing as a church is we're launching uh, a, a ministry birthed out of Arise Birmingham called Arise Global. Okay, so it's a reformation and a revival ministry mandated in purity and power to be the ecclesia of God on the earth that preaches the gospel and transforms culture. Uh, the vision of Arise Global is to occupy high places of our cities and nations and raise up disciples who go into all the world with transforming light and the glorious truth of the kingdom of heaven. And this Arise Global, some of you may have heard us talk about it here and there over the years, but it's been on our hearts as a leadership team for many years. Uh, and we've just continued to see how God uh, leads us as a church, not only in the way in which we do things, but also in the timing in which things are to be done and established. We've spent uh, years now, we're at, we're at a six and a half year point as a church. We spent those years slowly and uh, faithfully laying foundations of the church. And I say slowly because how many of us know that slow and steady is much better uh, st slow and steady is much stronger and much better than fast and what ends up being very feeble. And so now we've been laying foundations and now we are in this season as a church where we are building. Uh, pillars are being put in place and you church body, you are a significant builder. You are a vital uh, releaser and shaper for such a time of this as this and the church uh, the earth needs the church, the church of the living God. The earth needs us to build and advance right now than ever before. And, uh, you know, we are uh, the church that is a city set on a hill to preach the gospel to our city and so uh, to the nations and beyond. And this is what we are doing uh, to answer the call from God as a house, as a body. Uh, through Arise Global, we want to occupy high places of influence and, as I said, raise up disciples who go into all the world. So it's been very vital uh, that we have, you know, addressed and called for an awakening to what's going on in our world right now. We've been calling for the awakening to the agendas, the deceptions, uh, the strongholds that are taking place. And then uh, we've been releasing a call for the church to reestablish where we stand and how we align ourselves with the truth of God's word and his heart for his church, for his people, for the nations. And this is something we will continue, continue to do. This is something we will always do uh, as a house and still stand strong against the evil and unrighteousness of our day. But where we are at in this season, uh, where we are all uh, the church on the earth that are still standing and declaring, we are saying, what do we do now? Like, what can we do? I want to be a part of the solution. I'm ready to put boots on the ground. I've been praying. I've been declaring. I see clearly the truth that will set people free. Uh, I'm called. I'm on the front lines of what God is doing in the spirit realm. And now I'm ready for it to manifest in the physical realm and bring heaven to earth with a family of uncompromised believers Amen. who are together birthing. Can you say birthing, birthing a new era of God's glory on the earth? Hallelujah. So that church, that's what Arise Global is about. Uh, as I said, you know, uh, 
We're going to continue talking about it. It's a series the next three Sundays. Uh, we'll actually be launching this, vi this vision and specifically a first phase of the vision by the end of this series. Uh, and at this point, we're, we're kicking the door down. And we're expectant and excited as we begin to walk through this door for all that God is going to do through it. And uh, we'll have an Arise Global section of our website up by the end of the series. And we'll also have a short film that we're going to release about it as well by the end of the series. And uh, so, again, we're very uh, expectant. And uh, the time is now. And now that I've shared with you, you know, this whole, the whole bigger vision of Arise Global, I'm um, actually kicking us off here this morning, as I said, to talk to you about how we advance. All right, because Arise Global is about advancement and it's about the harvest. And um, what, what we do is we advance the kingdom of heaven and then we bring in the harvest. Do you see that? We bring in the harvest and we advance the kingdom of heaven. And two Sundays from now, Wes, he's going to be uh, finishing the series as we move forward and talking about the harvest. And then next Sunday, Melanie, she's going to be sharing her heart about a, a Rise Global and kind of bringing the two together, advancement and the harvest. So we're in for a powerful few Sundays. Uh, but once again, to kick us off this morning, can we all say advance? Advance. Uh, I shared a vision and word from the Lord with you earlier this year that I want to share. Do we have it up there? Oh, it's the, that's the Arise logo. We'll have the, uh, the Arise Global logo up there next week for you to see uh, that we're working on. But I shared this vision from the Lord with you earlier this year, and I want to share it with you again this morning. Uh, I see King Jesus strong and mighty in battle summoning the ones who are called to birth the purposes of God in this hour. He's saying, bring forth the ones who will push. This is a supernatural birth, and I need the ones on the front lines who are willing to push. I see the prophetic intercessors and the reformers of God pushing together with holy grit in their teeth and celebration in their hearts. I want to encourage you to keep celebrating, church. Keep celebrating when we come together. Keep celebrating throughout your week ahead. Even if you're in a moment where you feel you can't celebrate outwardly, celebrate in your heart. For surely our God has overcome the world and we have an unshaken promise. Hallelujah. So, and I want to encourage you, continue celebrating. And I also want to encourage the prophetic intercessors to continue being faithful in your call to prayer. Because James 5, 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Your timely prayers as led by the Holy Spirit <clears throat> are awakening more and more reformers of God. Your prayers, they're heard on the wall of command in heaven, and they're gaining momentum in the heavenly places, church. The cup of iniquity is full. The tables are being flipped over, and church, it, we are in a time and a season where those prayers are partnering with God's heart to bring deliverance and healing to a land. So I believe we're seeing it happen already, but there will be more divine visitations and there will be more moments where the prayers of the intercessors, they are landing on people on such a way where they can't even sleep until they wake up, do the righteous thing, repent, and actually turn to the Lord and be embraced by a good father and stand firm in the Lord in this day and in this hour. So be encouraged, prayer warriors. Be encouraged, intercessors. And I want to look uh, deeper at this prophetic time of birth birthing in the spirit and on the earth. Uh, Proverbs 9:10. it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
Uh, Caroline released this in her word to the church a few Sundays ago. But in the fear of the Lord, we are to gain wisdom and understanding through the Holy One. Listen, of what it is he is wanting to birth. We can talk about there's a birthing, but we must gain wisdom and understanding of God. What is it that you are wanting to birth? Like Hannah experienced in the scriptures, what we are seeing uh, in the remnant of the body of Christ that are taking responsibility uh, for uh, bringing transformation power to the word, uh, power to the world, and who are uh, aligning themselves in the word of God, what we are seeing like Hannah is that the womb can get frustrated and it can get tired. Uh, when something is being birthed, the womb, it can get frustrated, it can get impatient, it can get weary, and it's ready for a birthing. But God, most often, what he does uh, is things different than we expect him to do it. He does them in different ways than we think he will. We see it in scripture. We see it throughout history. Uh, Hannah, she was wanting a child. She knew she was destined to birth and have a child, but it wasn't until she gave it to God fully. Can you say fully? Until she gave it to God fully, and she, she said in 1 Samuel 1.11, I will give him to the Lord for all the days of my life. And when she gave him to the Lord fully, then she became pregnant and she gave birth to Samuel. So we are in an hour where we must give things fully to God. Our dreams, our desires, uh, our hopes, our, 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 our weaknesses, our callings, our strengths, our concerns about what's coming next, also our vision, like Arise Global, our visions for what's coming next. We must give things fully, not partially, but fully, because this is about trust. This is about trust. Do you trust your daddy in heaven? Do you trust your good father? Do, do you trust the father of lights in which every good and perfect gift comes from? And if you've had uh, an earthly father that let you down, that wasn't there when you needed him, that beat on you physically or emotionally. I'm so sorry that you experienced that, but I'm here to tell you that you can trust that your father in heaven will never leave and will never forsake you. He is a father that will turn all things for your good. He is a father that knows you and will call you by name. He is a father in heaven who says in Zechariah 2, 8, he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. And so my prayer uh, is that your trust in God, if that's you, be restored. Be restored for we are uh, a chosen people of great hope and great promise. And like Hannah, uh, we must give ourselves fully to him to see the birthing. To see the birthing in this season that God is desiring. Which means we must also understand, as I said, you know, what is it that I have not fully given to him yet? What is it? Uh, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you as you seek him and as you ask. For surely if you ask, uh, he will not give you a stone. He will give you bread. He wants to give you the bread of life as you ask and as you seek him. What is it that God is wanting from me? What is he wanting from me to give him fully so that I may partner with him to birth his promises and his purposes in my life? What is it that we as his church, now we're talking about the church, his governing authority, what is it that we are to give fully to him because we know that it is for his glory and it's for our good? What does God want to do to glorify his son that in includes the nations as his inheritance? For 13 years, Abraham, he thought Ishmael was the move of God, but Isaac was coming. 
Isaac was coming. We always tend to want this revival move of God that looks a specific way and that comes really swiftly. But let's talk about briefly why revival is vital. Uh, But once you have revival, if we do not continue to stretch and continue to grow, uh, continue to be refined and advance forward with what we've received, uh, then revival ends up being the destination. And then revival ends up being uh, an adolescent solution to the problem of America and to uh, in the nations of the earth. But we are sons and daughters of God who go from glory to glory. So we must understand that revival is for an awakening amongst believers. It's for uh, reviving something that has no life and it's necessary, praise God. It's about Christians awakening to the Lord and to his supernatural power. It's about recovering our first love. And there must be revival in the house, but then we must allow the revival we're experiencing in the Lord to bring us into his refinement into his refining fire, which opens up the realm of the fear of the Lord, where there is purity and there is wisdom. And then we take this awakening revival we're experiencing in this transforming, purifying, holy fire and wisdom to the earth. And this church is where we move into reformation. We move into reformation. This is where we advance his kingdom on the earth. This is where we go ye therefore into all the world. If revival is a move of God amongst his people, then reformation is the move of God's people. It's the move of God's people. Revival is personal and reformation is institutional. Revival is like Rachel and reformation is like Leah. Okay, everyone wants Rachel. Jacob fell in love with Rachel because she was so beautiful. And then you see Leah, she was the less attractive other sister. No one seems to want Leah because it requires perseverance. It requires more work and more time. It requires submitting fully to the timing of the Lord and the way in which God wants to move. And no one seems to want Leah, yet Leah was what produced the tribe of Judah. And you, little Bethlehem, it says in Matthew 2, 6, are not insignificant among the clans of Judah, for out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people Israel. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The savior and redeemer of the world came from the line of the woman that Jacob did not want. But yet he embraced and submitted to the way and the timing of the Lord. And so if, if when revival breaks out, uh, praise God, but yet it breaks out and we don't move into rec- reformation and occupy the gates of influence in our communities, our cities, and our nation, then Jesus said in Matthew 12, he said, the house is swept clean and in order, but it's not occupied. And if not, the devil will come back with seven more spirits. All right, this is why we see where areas that experience revival, often uh, they can end up being worse than before the revival came. That's why we've experienced different revivals in our nation before, yet we're here in this moment now saying we've got to wake up and take back territory. Because revival didn't lead to reformation where the gates of influence were occupied. The devil does not care about how big your church is. The Lord says, build my church. Build does not mean in size, it means in strength. I'll take healthy, small, and strong over compromised, comfortable, big, and famous all day long. 
He doesn't care about how big your church is. What he cares about is how much influence you have at the gates of power and influence. What he cares about is if there is a kingdom governmental mantle on your church that Zion recognizes. And we need as the people of God in this hour discernment of the spirits as we advance uh, because we don't want to endorse something that heaven does not endorse. When we are dealing with people and, you know, with, with ministry ideas that are presented to us and even with churches, uh, we have to ask the question, was this birth from heaven? Are these leaders submitted to Zion? And I've learned that you can't always look for hunger. Hunger, hunger is good. Hunger is very important, but I've learned you can't always uh, go off of hunger uh, because I've been in meetings with pastors who are anointed but who have agendas that are not from the Lord. And the Lord, uh, thank you, Lord, has made me over the years, according to my my calling, what he's called me to, very sensitive to agenda. Uh, I've had many times where I recognize when someone has an agenda that's not of the Lord. I've even been in meetings where uh, the pastor is talking to me and I go into the spirit realm and I can see the meeting taking place before me and then I can see where an angel that is with me has its foot down on the neck of the demonic spirit that is at work with an agenda to pull me out of assignment and to align me with something that Yahweh is not blessing. And thank you God for this available gift because it keeps me seeing clearly it keeps us seeing clearly so that I can see through the deception, so that I can see through the agenda, and I can see this pastor in front of me through the eyes of love and the way heaven sees them. We want to align ourselves with what Yahweh is recognizing and releasing. In our oneness with Jesus, we want to only do what the Father is doing and speak what the Father is speaking. Amen. This is essential as we move forward and as we advance church in wisdom, in power, in alignment, in purity. Uh, And reformation, what it does, reformation deals with the structures of a society, the structures of a nation. These gates of power, they can also be talked about as the seven mountains of influence in a nation. Or some call them the seven mountains of culture. So we've got seven mountains here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seven mountains that we're talking about are religion, we're talking about family, we're talking about government, we're talking about business, talking about education, talking about arts. And the media mountain. If you can see that, uh, uh, media. The last one is media. This is uh, going to be a part of the vision of Arise Global as we continue to talk about it and talk about these seven mountains. Um, Lauren Cunningham, who is the founder of Youth with a Mission, also known as YWAM, he called them mind molders of a society. Okay, Dr. Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ, he called them world kingdoms. 
Okay, and these two, they were the first two to activate this revelation from God. Uh, since then, uh, over the last decade or so, it's, it's gained momentum uh, once again as Lance Wallnow, Johnny Enlow, uh, Bill Johnson, amongst others, they've called them the Seven Mountains, which I personally love the Seven Mountains because it's such a powerful picture of this revelation and uh, strategy. And each of these uh, Seven Mountains, what they do is they represent an individual sphere of influence that shapes the way people think in a nation, in a society. And these mountains, they're crowned with high places that modern day kings, they occupy as ideological strongholds. They occupy these high places. And I know I've taught on this before, uh, but I, wanna, I wanted to bring it back this morning as we're talking about Arise Global uh, to refresh us on it. But these seven mountains, uh, the higher you go, go up in these mountains, the more influence you have in a city or in a community or in a nation or in the world. And the more influence you possess, and Satan knows this, and he goes for these high places so that he can be the one to shift culture. And so for too long, we've actually sat back and we've watched as the devil has discipled our cities and nations from these high places, from these world kingdoms and mind molders. And so we now, we are awakening. We've been awakening. We've been talking about that. We're at that place where we are uh, awake and we're taking back responsibility and ownership of our cities and our nation. Uh, we, as God's people, we're called to protect the territories in which he's given us and occupy the ground, occupy the gates of influence as his church, as his ecclesia. Matthew 13, 25 says, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the church is asleep and when we do not occupy the fields, in this case the mountains of influence, our nations are not only vulnerable to the enemy, but they're also being aggressively cultivated right under our noses. All right, we're seeing now uh, that the places of influence that have illegitimately been occupied uh, on these mountains, they're now actually coming after us. We see that very clearly. They're coming after the church. God's people is very blatant in these days. It's actually no longer under the radar at all. Okay, the current administration in our nation, they had the audacity to say this past week that the vaccine requirements, which is another word for uh, mandate, is not about personal choice and freedom. Okay, this is the same administration that calls killing a child in a mother's womb reproductive choice. But when it comes to actual medical decisions that do not involve deliberately and directly killing an innocent and vulnerable human child, now that doesn't have to do with personal freedom and choice. I'm not saying this in, in regards to trying to talk about the vaccine. What I'm talking about is the agenda. I'm talking about the deception, the overreach, and the demonic direction it's going in. And we as God's people not laying down our swords and walking off the battlefield, leaving it for our children to have to pick up one day. We are talking about a demonic agenda and society that is aggressively saying to children, to children that they can choose their gender that they know enough about their bodies and their sexuality to begin permanently altering their bodies in an attempt to change their gender. 
We're talking about a whole political party that represents a lot of people in our nation who would not even say God's name in the Pledge of Allegiance at their 2020 convention. And as you know, I could keep going on and on and on. But it's not just about the government. It's not just about the culture. It's also many of America's churches who are plagued with compromise. Who are plagued with feel-good messages and a watered-down gospel. Who shut out the moving of the Holy Spirit. How many of us could not live without the Holy Spirit? Many of our churches that are shutting out the move of the Holy Spirit and they neglect the word of God. Many right now who they do not even believe that the Bible is the inerrant and inspired word of God. And as they are deconstructing their faith is what they call it. It's called progressive Christianity. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Be aware of it, church. Most pastors, they can't even bring themselves to talk about abortion or biblical marriage. They can't even bring themselves to challenge their church to vote based on life and morality. The fear of man is running rampant in the church and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But we must not forget that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. And it's available for those that will repent, those that will turn and receive it. God's nature and his desire is always to save. It's always to save. That is his nature. That is who he is. And we will continue to stand unshaken and courageous and pray prayers based on the blood of Jesus and declare that America shall be saved. And yes, the fields have aggressively been cultivated while the church was sleeping and the high places have been being occupied. But listen, church, it's not theirs to occupy. It's not their mountain, it's ours. It's, it's the ecclesia of God who is being called, as I said, to birth this new era of God's glory on the earth and take back that in which the Lord God has given us and called us to. So we're receiving wisdom. We're being activated to occupy and bring reformation into the high places of our nation so that the systems from the top down can be changed and transformed. This is what kingdom advancement uh, and the advanced vision of Arise Global is going to look like as we move forward, as we move forward in uh, power and purity and boldness and wisdom because when the church preaches the gospel and transforms culture, then we have kingdom. When the church preaches the gospel and transforms the culture, we have kingdom. All three need to align, church, gospel, and culture to bring reformation. And when we think that the religion mountain is the only spiritual mountain, then we actually form a great divide uh, between the church and the rest of the world. All right, I'm going to show you in a minute why the religion mountain is not even the actual mountain that we are to operate from or dwell in. But why is it? that, uh, for example, Protestants and Catholics actually make up a 70% majority of the U.S. population and have a majority consensus on key matters like marriage and abortion, yet we still have been incapable at this point of creating a movement that sees lasting repentance and transformation. 
All right, for one example, uh, gay rights and agendas that attack biblical God-designed marriage between a man and a woman, they have only increased and they're continuing to increase when the gay and the LGBTQ groups only represent 5% of the population. Why is that? Because a small percentage of the population can shape the agenda if they're deployed and aligned in the right places. It's time that sons and daughters of God, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, get in the right places, which is the right places, the high places. Get in these high places and begin to lead and begin to build and begin to shape and uh, disciple our cities and our nation. And even though there are many Christians that you know, went into hiding and many do not even believe that the church uh, should get involved with anything outside of the church, especially as it relates to the political sphere, even though they are still, they're believers that are continuing to wake up and, uh, and pray. We pray and we intercede for more of that and thank the Lord that Esther engaged the political system of her day, choosing to expose the corruption of Haman's plan to kill the Jews. Okay, church, her involvement in politics was God's strategy to save his nation. And you say Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. We're in a Paul and a Barnabas in Antioch moment. They were ministering as priests before the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit said that they were to be set apart. So the church in Antioch, they laid hands on them, and they, they sent them off as apostles. The very first assignment of Paul and Bar Barnabas was to go to a government leader who was consulted by a sorcerer. So their first appointment was to deal with government and to break witchcraft. This is a supernatural time. And it requires a supernatural commissioning that requires the Holy Spirit, great courage, heaven's wisdom, and spiritual authority. And the call and commissioning of the Lord is to be the church that raises up disciples who go into all the world. Okay, so I want to invite us to expand our understanding of what it means to go into all the world. Uh, the, word, the word world here in this passage, it doesn't just represent all the physical places and countries on the earth. It's actually much bigger. The word world here in the original text is the same usage of the word world in Matthew 4, 8, where the devil is tempting Jesus and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. All right, it's not as much about specific locations as it is about dominion in all things and places of influence. Because the root word of world here comes from the word we know as cosmos. The cosmos, so it represents this expanded, expanded definition, this expanded understanding of this commissioning to go into all the world. It's the same word also used in Matthew five fourteen, where it says, "You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden." It's saying, "Wherever you are, you are a light." We must go into all the world. Yes, the communities, the cities, the nations of the earth, but it's also the world systems and the places of influence where we are to be the light of the world. Yeah. And as I was saying, what happens is too often we, we focus on changing the world from within the religion mountain uh, rather than releasing the church into the marketplace to affect all seven mountains of society. Uh, Isaiah 2.2 uh, says, now it shall come to pass in the latter days 
that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall float to it. So what we want, church, where we dwell is on the kingdom mountain. All right, Isaiah 2.2, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. His kingdom is what we want. This is what we want, his kingdom. Uh, This religion mountain is not actually where we are to dwell. We operate in this. We operate on these mountains, but we dwell here on the kingdom mountains in the high place seated above, and we bring his kingdom to the earth, and we occupy these high places of influence. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came to preach the gospel of the the kingdom. Let's try that again. Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. See, we usually say the gospel of Jesus, but he actually came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. His kingdom is what we want. We dwell on the kingdom mountain. That's just real clear, right? Just really pretty. Looks like me and the whiteboard had a showdown this morning. His kingdom is what we want, church. Uh, you don't need to know everything about every sphere. You don't have to know. You don't have to put your, that type of uh, pressure on yourself. This is the big, you know, overall teaching, and you need to focus in on where and what you're called to because you do, not, you do need to master your own sphere by seeking God uh, wisdom for that sphere. So ask him, Lord, God, Father, how do you think about this mountain that I'm called to? How do you think about it? You know, how do you see this mountain that I'm dreaming about? How do you see, uh, you know, this mountain that I have an assignment on? Begin to ask him and seek him. And remember, I've shared this with you before, uh, that there are five words that will set you free. Those five words are, I can't do it all. I can't do it all. Remember those five words that will set you free. You can't take on the whole world by yourself, and you're not meant to. That's why we are the body of Christ. That's why we are the family of God. Everyone brings their special sauce to the table. You must have fiery focus because everyone has a God-ordained, powerful, and significant grace to give and release to the world, to your city, to the people around you, to your family at home, to your church family. You have an assignment that will shake mountains when you align with it. I'm going to say that again. You have an assignment that will shake mountains when you align with it. You have a way about you that was created in the heart of God before the foundations of the earth were formed. And this way about you shares the love of God and it creates atmospheres of joy and peace and righteousness like no one else does. Look to the person next to you and say, I have a way about me. Tell them, say, I have a way about me. I see you. Yeah, someone pointed across the room. Like, hey, look at me. I have a way about, about me. You have a way about you, and you have a kingdom inside of you that breaks every chain. Yes. 
that heals the brokenhearted, that transforms culture, that creates atmospheres, and that reforms nations. Okay, stand up with me. Stand up with me because you have a way about you and a kingdom inside of you that is unstoppable, that is unshakable, and that is full of glory. I want you to say right now, the light of glory has risen upon me. Say, I have an assignment that will shake mountains. Now I want you to begin to cry out, start crying out for the glory of God to rise upon you. Start crying out that the glory of God will rise upon you and take you into your mountain shaking assignment. Begin to cry out, begin to yearn. Begin to yearn, begin to wail for the glory of God to rise upon you. Come forward and cry out if you need to come forward and cry out for the glory of God because it's time to birth. It's time to birth. The water is breaking and it's time to birth. As you cry out, you're going to burst something in the spirit this morning. You're going to burst something in your heart. You're going to burst something in your being. Cry out for the glory of God to rise upon you. If you need to give something fully to God this morning, come forward, get on your face and give it to him. Because you can't birth. You can't birth until you've given it fully to him. Stop holding on and stop holding back. If it's a sin this morning, bring it forward. Stomp on it. Repent and be done with it. If it's complacency and lukewarmness, come forward, repent and burn. Burn at the altar of God. If it's a dream or a promise that you haven't seen take place yet, come forward and give it fully to a good father who is the creator of the cosmos. If it's a sickness or a bad medical report, come forward and fully give it to the healer and the great physician who looks at you with healing eyes of fire and love. Give it fully to him. Come forward. Give him your relationships that you haven't given him yet. It's so much better in his hands. Give him your disappointments. Give him your fears, your unforgiveness. Give things fully to him. It's time to birth. Be free and birth a new season, a new era of God's glory. Cry out and wail for the glory of God. Wail for the glory of God to rise upon you. Hey, I know it's been a long season for some of you. I know there's been times of pressing. I know you're faced with challenges, but it's time to advance. And there is a new fire. There's a new wine and a new glory being poured out. It's being poured out of Zion to the people of God for this very moment. New fire, new wine. The light of glory for every person in this room, for every child in children's ministry, for every person watching online or listening online. 
new fire and new glory, the light of God's glory for every person right now in this room. Courage and wisdom in the name of Jesus. Courage and wisdom in this hour in the name of Jesus. Clarity and breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Clarity and breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Advancement and influence in the name of Jesus. Healing and deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Hey, come on church, cry out. Feel free to leave when you need to leave. You can get your children, but I invite you to stay and cry out if you want to stay and cry out. We thank you, God. We praise you, God. I thank you for this house. I thank you for these people, for these healers, for these keepers of the gate, for these mighty reformers of God, for these carriers of his presence. I thank you for the family of God and the church of the living God. We thank you, God. We praise you, God.